keep your sexy thoughts about me and our guests to yourself, no matter how wonderfully perverted they are. Go listen to the outro if you want to connect and enjoy. Hello, lovely humans. I'm Wiley, and you are listening to Sex Stories. A podcast that lets us look into people's sex lives with a level of detail that is rarely given anywhere else. Our guest today, you just heard her, is a 20-year-old Afro-Latina woman. She's a pansexual switch and is into group sex, feet, and impact play. Currently a student in North Carolina, she's originally from San Diego. Welcome, Sonia. Hi, thank you for having me. I'm so excited you're here. Can you start off by telling us if you had to rate yourself on a sexual shameometer today with 10 being the most full of shame and one being not so shamey? Where do you fall right now? I would say a solid two. Yeah, so for the most part, it is not hard to talk about sex with people, but I feel like when I am talking to a new partner, it's hard to express all of my interest. I can relate to that. And can you give us a little overview of what your sex life is like right now and what your favorite part is? My sex life, I don't know, it seems kind of new because I just moved to North Carolina. So I've been kind of thinking about like what new things I want to try here and how I want to build myself up sexually. And I would describe my sex life right now as pretty confusing. So I would say that it is confusing because there are a lot of partners, I guess. I typically keep it to like one partner at a time. But I also like tinkering with polyamory because mm. I feel like I've had many emotional connections with people at once. It's interesting <laughs> navigating that. Okay. And then can you just give us a little personal definition of what does sexy mean to you? Sexy is very much confidence to me. It's like confidence, sounds, textures, like the really like felty blankets. That feels sexy to me. Like it feels good on my skin. Okay. I'm also someone who is super into plants. So I will literally stop and be like, that is a sexy plant. And I don't know what makes it sexy. It just looks so beautiful. So I think sex is beauty. Oh, beautiful. Can you tell us what happens to your shame-a-meter when it is time to talk to your partner or a new partner about safer sex? And what does the ideal version of that conversation look like for you? Typically, I have an issue of like saying things, I think, too directly. So it comes out like really random where it's like, oh, how's your day? Great. Okay. Well, do you get tested for STDs? So I think like I could definitely like find a better way to ease into it. But that's the conversation that I have with everyone. A lot of my partners as of lately have been men. So it would be ideal if they just brought it up because I feel like I am the one that's always bringing it up. And it doesn't seem like they're communicating like the way that they respond is in a way where it's like, yes, I'm open to this conversation and we can have it. It's more like, when can I be done with this conversation? Mm, Yeah. That does not make me feel good. (laughs) It's not very sexy. It's not a sexy vibe. So can you take us back now to your early years? When do you remember first hearing about sex and what do you remember thinking and feeling? I knew something was happening, but people in my family were very like hush hush about it. But the first time I believe I heard about sex is actually me seeing sex. So my friend at like a summer camp I went to or something was like, oh, like, have you watched porn? And I was like, what? Corn? Like, I don't understand. And she was like, no, like with a P, like you should look it up or whatever and then get back to me. And so, you know, I went home and looked it up and I didn't realize what was happening. (laughs) And did you get back to her? Yeah, but I don't know what was happening at the time. Like, I don't know if Fifty Shades of Grey just came out or something. But a lot of the porn I was exposed to, like as a youngin, was like hardcore kink, like the most intense. So when I talked to her about it, I was like, bro, what the fuck? Like, I I don't think I could do this. This feels very extreme. 
I don't really remember like where the conversation went after that. I think that she was exposed to different things than I was. Got it. Okay. So it sounds like her relationship with the porn that she was aware of was perhaps less shock oriented, less terror. What were your feelings when you saw the hardcore BDSM? Yeah, definitely shock. I had my like Barbies like dry humping right before and I was like, oh, so there's pieces missing. Yeah, I think that's how I would describe it. Definitely very shocking. And it just made me think a lot. Like I'm very mischievous. Right. And so since I knew that there was something being like withheld, like some information, I just really wanted to like know more about it and like watch it all the time. Okay. So did you start a porn habit from there or what? I could not wait for my mom to go somewhere. Oh my gosh. Yeah. I would definitely like sneak on her computer and like watch porn. Okay. And then I was not good at sneaking around. So she found out. And then I like tried to blame it on my sister. Older, younger sister? Older sister. Okay. (laughs) When would you say you started watching it regularly? So I met that woman in the summer or that girl because she was a girl. Yeah. So probably the summer in between fifth and sixth grade. I don't know how old someone would be, but I know I was younger than all the people that age. So subtracted by a year. Okay. Okay. So maybe like nine or 10. What are those? So how did watching porn affect your own sexuality and your own exploration of your body, if at all? I don't remember like exactly what came first, but I am pretty sure that like watching porn is what caused me to start exploring. But I was doing the most like my mom and my dad were divorced. So like I wasn't really able to do stuff at my mom's house because she was really parenting and really, really making sure I wasn't getting into anything. But like I could not wait to go over to my dad's house because he was just like off doing whatever. So it gave me a lot of time to like be by myself. And I remember like sitting in front of the mirror. I don't know what I had up my butt, but some like cylinder thing. So I was just trying to get into a lot. (laughs) So as a young person, you were exploring your butthole. I think at that time I was watching gangbang porn too, which is why I was like, oh, butthole, that's an option. Yeah. I mean, porn, depending on what you're watching, it can show you how to use pretty much every hole. (laughs) Okay. So you started touching yourself. There was a butthole involved at some point. What about from your parents or in school? Did you get any like sex ed lessons? So my mom, like she did not talk about sex a lot. However, she talked about periods all the time, like all the time. So I always knew what was up. I also got my period very young. I probably got it at like nine or eight. Yeah, I felt like that progression of like womanhood and development that was talked about with me, just not really the aspect of sex. Mm. Yeah, so I had like a really light sex ed, I feel like in sixth grade. And then I had one in ninth grade. And I felt like the ninth grade one was pretty good considering because like at that time I was in Michigan, but they were not teaching abstinence. Like we actually got she like came in and like put a condom on like some type of penis shaped Another cylindrical something? Yes. And so she did that and then talked about STDs and different types of birth control. She brought in an IUD. Like we were able to like actually see it. That's kind of cool. It was a really good sex ed considering. And then I had sex ed again, junior of high school. And that was horrible. Like it was abstinence only. And by that time I had lost my virginity and like almost everyone in the classroom had. So it was like, ha ha ha. Yeah. So you had lost your virginity at that point. Can you give us a little fill in the gaps between the times that you started touching yourself solo to exploring with partners? 
it has been described to me now that I'm older that I have always been like a pretty sexual child. So when I was in preschool, I kept getting sent home for like kissing people all the time. Like all I would do. And I don't think anyone talked to me about what I was doing. They were just like, that's not okay. And I was like, but it's fun. Mm. So I kept doing it. And then something weird that happened in kindergarten. I don't know how I got into this agreement with this person that was in my class, but he decided that it would be funny if he licked my butthole in class. We like had set up some type of cover so like not everyone could see, but it was literally in class during class and he licked my butthole. I almost got caught. That would have been so bad. Like my mom was already stressed. That one did not seem sexual. It seemed like a hee 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 hee. Yeah, yeah. Like it was so funny. And I feel like things like calmed down until maybe when I got introduced to the porn and I was like in between fifth and sixth grade. And then at that point, I was masturbating like crazy. I think I came for the first time around that time too. And then it was like all I could think about all the time. And then my personal sexual life slowed down around ninth grade. Like I just like stopped masturbating. I don't know like where I got this thought process, but at that time, like I was interested in the people my age or whatever. And I was under the impression that like, why would I masturbate if I have someone that I'm interested in and I'm trying to, you know, go for. Whoa. Okay. So not even like someone you're already fucking, like someone where it's like, you're like retaining your sexual energy to achieve. Unleash it. (laughs) (laughs) That's an interesting method. Okay. Yes. I feel like that was my mindset until like my junior year of high school. Okay. When did you have your partnered sexual debut? It was before that sex ed class. So I ended up losing my virginity around ninth grade with my little boyfriend at the time. And I feel like we were just going at it until like 10th grade. Based on what I've heard from other people, my first time wasn't half bad. My ninth grade year of high school, I got really sick and I had like a bacterial infection in my throat. It was very random. I still don't know what happened, but I was like hospitalized and everything. And so I ended up being able to go back home. But my doctor said that I could not go to school for the rest of the week. Right. And so, you know, my little boyfriend came over after my mom went to work and we were messing around and stuff. And then. I just made the decision that I was like, all right, I guess we're going to do this. And I think it was like missionary. It was like a minute long. But yeah, I felt good about the experience. Like I wasn't anxious or anything. I think there was a little bit of pain, which is surprising because I was like sticking shit up my vagina when I was younger. So I don't really understand that. But yeah, there was a little bit of pain. I think he was like a bigger sized person. So what else from those formative years sticks out to you? I was very sexual in high school. So like I dated him for like a year and a half. And then I was single from like halfway through 10th grade to halfway through 12th grade. And I was getting into everything. Like, I don't think I was doing a lot of BDSM related exploring, but I was like having a lot of sex. Honestly, like looking back, I think it was like a coping mechanism for like some of the stress that I was having. So yeah, I would definitely say that that was my vice. I had moved from California to Michigan and that was a hard move for me. It's a lot of different thinking. My mom is not very religious and my dad's not very religious and my mom is gay. That's what I always have known her as. Like, I think she came out when I was very, very young and being in California where that wasn't an issue, like that was never really brought up. I feel like, Mm. like it was just like, yeah, my mom likes girls, whatever. But that was something that was definitely like seen as weird in Michigan. I actually had like multiple people ask if I was concerned that my mom was going to like flirt with me or try something with me. What? 
Yeah, it was very interesting. So I was dealing with that stuff or just even like the way people dress in California is a lot different than the way people dress in Michigan. People are like, oh, like you don't have Jordans. That's so weird. All this stuff. So like I think a lot of those changes were just really hard to deal with. And what was it about sex that felt like a good way to deal with that stress? Well, sex was fun. And, you know, I've always been cute. It's been easily accessible. And I don't know. I felt like if I did drugs, my mom would kill me. It was a safe thing. (laughs) Okay. Okay. Amazing. Did butt stuff reappear in your high school life at all? Okay. So with my first boyfriend, like that freshman year of high school, we tried to do anal, but we obviously were not doing it right. There was not lube used. (sighs) And... Oh, I know. What was I doing? I was the same way the first time. I just didn't know better. That really hurt. And I expressed that it really hurt. And that made him lose his erection because like clearly he was hurting me. And then it just stopped because I was like, nope, that's it. We could just move on to other things. Okay. But yeah, I would say like even to this day, there hasn't been a whole lot of butt stuff. Like there has been some, but I don't know why, but butt stuff seems so intimate. And I really haven't had a lot of partners that I was like intimate with. I was just having sex with them. I can relate to that. I also feel like unless someone is like really into butt sex, it is very intimate. And it also is work to teach a new person how to kind of like do some of the things or there's like nervousness levels of them that I have noticed I've had to mitigate if they're trying a new thing. So what about other stuff that's not penetrative sex, but like oral stuff either direction in high school in those early years? Yeah, I was just into sex in general, but I do like giving people oral. I feel like I did not get a lot of oral sex. I don't know. There was a lot of really weird thoughts about it. And like, that's what I grew up hearing too. So it kind of felt uncomfortable to receive oral sex. People say a lot of negative things about vaginas. They sure do. Are there any fucked up things that you would like to share so that our listeners can be like, oh yeah, if I ever comes out of my mouth again, I should fix it. I would say like, I've never had anyone tell me that I smelled bad, but in general, speaking about vaginas, they have spoken about vaginas smelling bad. So that was always a concern of mine. I remember like I played volleyball for my school my freshman year. My boyfriend would want to hang out after volleyball practice and I'd be like, oh no, like, Mm. oh no, I have been sweating. Like, absolutely not. So I would say that also the thought process that fat coochies look good. Like, I'm not saying that fat coochies look bad, but my coochie is not fat. Mm, yeah. <laughs> so I used to be, like, insecure about how it looked or, like, that it wasn't as beautiful as people who have, like, different looking vaginas. So that's something that bothered me as well. Man, we really get it. I feel like there is a specific focus that is aimed at vagina owners that has a lot of, like, look, smell, taste. And then we get skimped on the touch part, too. Oh, no, and sound, too. People also like to make fun of queefs and, like, heaven forbid you like vigorously put something in and out of my lower canal and then it makes an air noise. It sounds like that stuff isn't bothering you as much. Was there anything in particular that helped? Yeah, I was like just looking at my coochie all the time. I feel like I have a small clit based on like the clitorises I have seen. And I would say that it's very hooded, a puffy hood. And then I have very small outer lips and then bigger inner lips. Cool. Okay. Are they more like wavy or like smooth? Mine are pretty like wavy. Mine are, what is it called? Like when someone has like the collar thing that really goes out. Yeah. It has those. (laughs) So that's how I would describe it. And then when you were like looking at yourself, are you like spread in front of like a mirror or like a hand mirror? Like when and how have you looked at yourself over the years? 
So when I was like a younger kid and I was experimenting, I was literally just looking at my like mirror closet door. Like I would spread eagle it. And then as I got older, I started using my phone. I was also taking a lot of nudes. I'm not gonna lie. Most of the time I'm looking at my vagina, I am taking a nude. Ooh, how did this idea come about? Was it from porn or was it something else? Like this idea of looking at your vagina in general? I would say that it was because people were asking me for nudes. And then also it was interesting to see myself because like, I don't know how other people are built, but I cannot see my vagina. Like really, like it's really in between my legs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I need a mirror for the full spread. Yes, I was using my phone to look at it just because I wanted to see like, you know, what's going on down there. Yeah, what's she up to? (laughs) Yeah, but I would say just in general, I really enjoy, I don't know if I would say the female form. I like all forms. But yeah, I really just enjoyed looking at myself. Fuck yeah. So now, how about you tell us a little bit about your favorite things about sex? Like, right now, what are you into? What are you loving? Tell us about your confusing partners, whatever wants to come up first. My favorite thing about sex, hands down, it's very rare, but like the sense of like connectedness and being in sync with someone. Mm. I really enjoyed volleyball for that too. It was like one of the few spaces where I could really feel in sync with people and I'm very addicted to that feeling. So I think that is like what's the most appealing about sex as well is like that need to like connect with people and feel like we're in sync and like sharing the same like frequency. Yeah, the wavelength. How do you find that connection with a new person or is that how you select partners? Do you have awareness around it? I actually very rarely find that connection with people. And I don't know, maybe that's why I keep having sex because I'm like, oh, is it you? Is it you? But I definitely think that that is made through like vulnerability and comfort and safety. Okay. So it sounds like maybe you have a touchstone or maybe multiple touchstones of what it does feel like to have that connection. Can you tell us about those experiences? So I had a person I was dating and we were having problems with sex. It appeared to me that they pretty much were not interested in sex as much as I was. And frankly, for me, that's a deal breaker. And so I ended up talking to them about it. I was like, hey, like, I don't know what's going on, but like, it really just does not feel like we're on like the same page. And they told me that they were having some like erectile issues of like things not working when they would like them to. Right. And that was really hard for them to say. And I felt like after that, all of our sex was just bomb diggity. Like it was so good. Really? (laughs) Yes. Like we worked on that because I think it was derived from like a porn addiction but like after that was fixed I felt like him being so vulnerable with me really just opened things up and allowed me to trust as well because I think it's a really a mental thing of like how close this person is to you and everything and I already had that relationship with him and you know I'm very intuitive so I can sense when someone's like hiding something or there's like something that's blocking us and so like him taking away that block I think really just made the perfect ground for having good sex and talking about it he was also the partner that I was like listening to this podcast with so you know maybe Maybe it was you. (laughs) (laughs) It's never just me, though. Like, just because I'm here, I'm only a catalyst. Like, the fact that people take action from listening, that is huge, you know? Yeah. So... You said that you worked on it after he told you what was coming up for him. Are there any practical tips or, like, types of workings that you could recommend? I would say stay away from porn. (laughs) I watch porn, but I'm still like, it's the devil. I don't know. I don't think all porn is bad. However, I think that, you know, your brain does get used to things. And so if your brain has associated sex time with porn, then I think that would make things very difficult. So I would say like, stay away from porn. And if you're struggling with that, there's definitely apps out there. This doesn't sound fun, but it's like parental locks. 
just because that's what apps think about. But like for him and I, like I was the parent of the app. Hot. Right? (laughs) So like he was not able to access porn. And I felt like that really helped us. Also using different stimuli. I feel like us listening to the podcast together, like that was a different like sexual stimuli. Quote marks the difference between it being visual and auditory. Mm. So I think that's really what it did. Like that's all that was needed. It definitely wasn't an overnight thing, but you know. As I'm hearing you talk, I'm sort of having an epiphany. Not, It's not an epiphany though. It actually just kind of proves the thesis that I'm kind of noodling on as I talk to each person, which is that our sense of sexual satisfaction, I think, is directly related to how stimulated creatively we are. And I believe that humans, you know, the whole thing about consciousness is we're able to tell stories about our experience. We're able to have this forethought. That's like what differentiates a human from an animal is that like we can plan ahead. And so it's that storytelling mechanism. And I think when we get out of our creation zone, so that is to say when we get into a routine, into a habit, when we stop using our creativity, we get stuck. And it's not to say that we can't come, but it's like uh, the last two, three partners that I've had. Also, we're super, they're like, oh, well, uh, you know, pandemic, all I've had was porn. And they use porn every time in the same way, not edging themselves, not using their own fantasy brain, not even exploring different types of porn. And so what I hear in your beautifully co-created solution is that it really created a space not only to use different types of stimulation, which is a creative use of things, which is amazing, but it also had this interpersonal connection. Because that's the thing about like porn, it's a full controlled experience. When I'm touching myself, I'm in charge of every single little moment. And for me, the biggest like releases that I've had have been literally at the hands of another person. And I just can't help but wonder how many of us, myself included, are so afraid to just like let go and connect with a new person, which is it sounds like what you were able to achieve. And then you got some, I think you said bomb diggity sex after that. (laughs) (laughs) It was really good because I had never edged someone before. And he was typically the person that was like dominant when we were having sex. And I think like the first time I did it, we were in like doggy style, which I would argue is like a more dominant position for the person giving. I was very familiar with him at that point and it was very clear to me that he was about to come so I told him to like pull out and stop. It was very random. We did not talk about that. I don't know like again the in-sync thing is what made it hot so I guess like him understanding what I was doing and instead of being like what was wrong? Yeah. We did that like multiple times. Typically like our sex sessions were probably like 45 minutes to an hour and it was like Two and a half hours later, I finally let him go. That's hot. I think that was maybe like my first time being like dominant in that way, I guess. I mean, like control of someone else's orgasm. Also seeing like how jacked up he looked after was super. (laughs) (laughs) So that was something that I really enjoyed with him. We did a lot of public stuff, which was always like risky, but that was fun as well. So we did my neighbor's backyard. At nighttime or how? No, 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 in the middle of the day. The backyards in the neighborhood that I was living in, like in my backyard, it was a huge backyard. There was a creek running through it. And then there would be like deer and shit that just ran through. Like it was the most beautiful place. Yeah, but like none of the neighbors ever had fences. So like you could literally just stretch out for as long as you wanted. I think he was walking me home from school or something. We were, you know, getting a little hot and bothered. And I was like, oh, look, like a place. Not really, but (laughs) but we made it a place. What's the like the big things outside of people's homes? 
some sort of AC or fan unit for the house, HVAC system, who knows? Yeah, so we were behind one of those, like literally like right underneath the person's window, <laughs> just having a grand old time. Definitely like at the movies, at school. At the movies like full on or like? No, just petting. I thought that they had cameras and that just wasn't something I was like trying to find out that way. Sure, sure. Did you say at school after that? Where? Okay, well, that was actually my first boyfriend that I was doing that with when I was a freshman. There was this, like, room behind the gym that had, like, all of the essentials to keep the gym going and the AC or whatever. So it was always very loud in there, too. So, like, no one would really hear anything. So, like, you didn't even have to be quiet. You could just, you know, enjoy yourself. And the door was always unlocked. And no one knew about it. So that was like all the time, like so many times there. And then also, I'm pretty sure there was a part of the school that people weren't using anymore. So there was a hallway to that part of the school, right? And they thought they had blocked it off well, and they did not. So we ended up having sex in that hallway. And like there was windows throughout the whole hallway, like on the top. So you could see like people's upper halves. So we just made sure to stay under that, (laughs) under those mirrors. Have you ever been caught? I actually got caught once. It was a light catch, you know? So I was actually at that school and I think like his hand was in my pants. And then our friend had like just rounded the corner and then that's what they saw. But that was the only time I got caught really. I don't know what I would have done if I got caught other times. It's okay. You don't have to worry about it. Clearly you're like meant to enjoy the public stuff without any of the backlash. Okay. What about as an adult? Are there any places that you have done and loved or that are on your public outside fucking bucket list? Not so much now, but when I was living in California, I got into an interesting habit of masturbating in my car. (gasps) I don't know. I would just be so fucking horny. Yeah. (laughs) I've done it a couple times. They were both on long road trips. I got so horny and then I was like, I just want to play. What was your kind of like situation slash method? Like, were you driving, driving or was it like, okay. I tried like to do it a little bit while driving, but I just could not get serious enough about it. Mine was a long edging, like there was a little, my necklace vibrator was there and I had cruise control. So I didn't have to worry about feet things. Like it was like an open road. Got you. There was this park near my house actually. And I would just, you know, sorry, my masturbating habits, I use a vibrator now, but you know, I'd be in the car and I wouldn't have my vibrator. So I was, you know, just rubbing it out. And those nuts are so, or not, sorry, orgasms. I like nuts. You could say nuts. Okay. (laughs) I'm trying to like not use as much slang because I'm aware that like not everyone knows what I'm saying. And I love learning it. That's how I learned it. Like I learned nutting from a dating app. They were like, how do you like to nut? And I was like, that must mean something. I like, I was like, they're not asking about almonds. Like, (laughs) but yeah, I would definitely say that those like rubbing one out nuts are so much more intense. Oh my gosh. It'd be amazing. But it would take forever, like an hour, hour and a half. That's a lot of dedication. I really admire it. After 30 minutes, though, you're not going to stop. Like, you're just kind of like at this point. Where it's like- I know. And to make it that long, that's really incredible. Because literally, I'm pretty lazy and I've never had to try for like longer than 10 minutes to make myself come. And then like I can do longer sessions if I'm edging on purpose. Like that's something I've developed more over the last couple of years. Can you tell us like specifically when you are using your hands on yourself? Where and how do you like and or need to be touched in order to have one of those intense orgasms i've been really thinking about this so i don't like a pokey feel i typically do like two fingers or just like a nice wide everywhere i like a good flat hand yeah and then counterclockwise maybe the occasional clockwise but like that's kind of random it was probably because my hand was crumbling 
I feel like my clitoris is far away from the hole. So I have to like stoop back in to get things moistened and keep it going. I do like fingering myself-ish, but it doesn't really do a lot for me. I actually like when other people are fingering me or my hand gets tired. I don't know. I can't do all the things. <laughs> do you ever do a two-hand method where you have like fingers inside and outside? If I finger myself, that's how I do it with the both. If I do that, that's just not sustainable. Like I can't do that for an hour and a half. Yeah, no, 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 no. I, yeah, you're right. Yeah, I definitely can't. Exactly. <laughs> so like I'll get started on it and then I'll be like, oh, my back. Fair. But I wish I could. Like, I wish I could do more while I'm, but it just is so long. <laughs> well, the good, look, the good news is you're 20 now. Your body literally has decades to develop. And I will say like in the, let's see, I'm about to be 33 in April. So I've been having sex for almost 14 years. And even in that little time, like what is possible is so different. Like you just never know what can be possible. And I was recently reading a book about quantum physics and they were talking about how what we can see is literally part of our belief system because our brain is like sending out signals to our eyeballs looking for discrepancies. So if our eyeballs receive stimuli that it cannot recognize, we literally won't see it because it's a combination of like what our signals putting out there and what our brain can actually believe not that you're like looking with your eyeballs for orgasms but like i am <laughs> i am well and if you believe you'll see them chances are you know and i think that's a little bit of what has happened in my own personal life of like everywhere i look i see like nice people that are ready to tell me sex stories and even oh my gosh i had a hilarious hilarious encounter with a douchebag in a yellow Aston Martin this past week. But even though he was very angry at me and this was in a public place, he ended up telling me a sex story. And like, even though he was kind of like yelling at me about like, I was so hard this morning. I fucked a supermodel four times. I made her come. I was standing there thinking, wow, this guy doesn't even know that he's like telling someone who loves this sex story. I wish he weren't being so rude. <laughs> <laughs> so you use a vibrator now. It takes you long if you use your hands. Does it take you long if you're with a partner? It's definitely an if. Up until two months ago, I like had not had a partner make me come in like a year. Okay. And things were getting real miserable. Like what you said before, like it's definitely a mental thing. It's always been difficult for me to come, which is why the first boyfriend I had, like I really liked him because we had that emotional connection. And I noticed that because of the emotional connection, I was able to come so much faster or just come at all. But yeah, like most of the sex I have had has not been emotionally tied or even like arm's length sex. And I feel like that is not conducive to me coming. When you're meeting people, is it a lot of casual stuff? Are you meeting people on apps? Are you meeting people in person? Like where are you meeting people? It's on apps. I think this is part of the problem. It is. So you think so too? Okay, you're going to confirm my belief. Great. I feel like it's pretty difficult. Like what I like to do typically is open up about some of my interests and show like how I'm answering of like, this is a very honest answer. Like you're hearing things that you may not normally hear when someone is asking you about like your sex life or how your emotional ties into your sex life. And unfortunately, I don't get that back. And I'm like, really? Like, did you just say you like doggy style? And that's it? Come on. It's something I'm definitely like noodling on. And I definitely meet people who are really good at getting others to just easily open up or they kind of seem to have these like, to me, it feels like magic skills. How many partners in your sex life do you reflect upon that you feel like you had that level of comfort that you could come and feel like the connection that is so delicious? Like two. 
And there's been a lot more than two. I don't know. I think part of it is like the effort that I put in. I know that I prefer to meet people in person, but people are very intimidated by me. So it is hard to like get anything going. Like I am six foot, right? So (laughs) that scares me. I'm only five, eight. And that's scary to most people. Wow. Yeah. So people are very like wary initially. And I'm like, all right, like I don't bite unless you want me to bite. But I would definitely prefer to meet people in person. But it's also hard with COVID. I was going to ask, are classes even back in person or are they still far away? So the classes I have out here, they're in person. But the classes that I was having, because I was a student in California, all of those classes were online. I only had one semester where like I had a regular semester before things shut down. That is so tough. Fuck. Okay. Have you ever fucked anyone who's made you feel small? Yes. I had a partner that was like 6'9". Yeah, that was very weird. It made me feel very like giggly. But I don't know. I feel like for the most part, not. I have a very large presence. That's something I like pride myself on, actually. I definitely feel like a lot of the taller partners I've had, they look nervous. Like it seemed like it threw them off that I was also tall. It's very interesting existing as a tall woman. So I've like opened doors and like walked by someone entering a place and I was literally see men kind of like stiff it up and look taller. And I'm like, dude, if you have to compete, then it's not worth it. Heels? Do you wear heels ever? Are you into them? I will wear heels, but I don't find myself dressing up a lot. Yeah, especially not in the last couple of years. Right? I've been wearing Crocs. Okay, so any other things to say about like tallness and sex? Has it allowed you to do anything particular with your body? Like, can you wrap around people in ways that are interesting or anything like that to report? I think it's definitely made it a lot easier for me to like touch people everywhere. Like I have pretty long arms and everything. However, I was having sex with this woman and it was my first time using a strap and she was too short. We were in doggy style and she must have been like 5'4". And it was very difficult to like, strap her because she was so short so that was a thing and then also with other shorter partners I really don't like it because they can't reach in the same ways that I need them to yeah like I specifically remember like I was getting head from this shorter guy he was probably like five eight or something and he went to go like grab my boobs it was struggling I definitely prefer someone who's like six foot or taller just because things like that are frustrating. Logistics. Logistics are real. Wow. Interesting. Okay. Also would love to hear from anyone who has lots of experience with partner height discrepancies. I've definitely met some couples that were like a foot difference, but usually it's in like kind of like dudes are tall, ladies are small way. Interesting. Okay. So what about, have you ever sat behind a partner and wrapped your legs around them and played with your feet with anything? You've said you're into feet. I would like to hear what kind of into feet you are into. That's a great idea. I've had someone like in between my legs and then I jerked them off. Oh, yeah, because your arms are long enough that you could just reach to do that. That was a new thing. I really wanted to try that out. That went well. So I am very much into people being into my feet. I like being touched everywhere. Love having my feet rubbed, love having them kissed on, licked or whatever. I've never given someone a foot job before. Yet. Not yet. But just because I haven't had like someone who asked. Also, that doesn't really seem very fun on my end. It seems like my abs would get pretty tired. 
I recently did this and I really liked it. So it's just on my mind. I wrapped my legs around them. I was sitting behind and it was like the perfect, you know, it was a person with a penis. And so my feet went like this, but it's too hard to hold my legs together. Like there's not enough. And like the angle that we were at was kind of leaning back. So it got even harder. But the method is if they can then hold on to my feet for me and create that, that was like very just like fun and hot for me. Like obviously I'm not having an orgasm, but I can actually from that angle, like rub my pussy on their lower back which is like for me very hot and then I like to just like grab people and touch so as something that's kind of like a warm-up play activity that's just like a fun way to exercise creativity I was super into that I might have to give that a go because I've like wanted to do it but I just don't know how to do it in a way that like feels good for them I would be really interested though to try to give a foot job because I've only ever given foot jobs with like the cylindrical part between my arches. But I'm also so curious about all configurations. So I'm like, I would try the long way. I just might need like help aiming and holding on to stuff. I want to try with my toes. That must feel weird, like to go up somehow. Yeah, but I feel like that could be really cool. And like if you got really dexterous with your toes, like I imagine one set of toes like playing on the cock and the shaft and the other one like getting ball happy. And then who knows what you could be doing with your hands. I'm also into women's feet. I don't know how I feel about men's feet, but I do like them to look nice just for the sake of looking nice. Fuck yeah. Okay, so what is it that you like about the feeling of your feet being, sounds like worshipped? Can we say worshipped? I think I enjoy the aspect like that they're attracted to every part of me. Yeah. I think you mentioned this on a podcast once, but I don't like there to be an area that's like a hard no. So like, it's fine if you don't want to do something sexual with my feet. But if I put my feet on you, I don't want you to be like, ew, gross, get those off me. Like that will hurt my feelings. Yeah, same. Also, like what's so offensive about my feet? And it also feels really good having your feet in someone's mouth. It just feels really warm. I don't know. I think it's because my toes are always cold. Are you ticklish at all? A little bit. It does feel like a little tickle, which is like enough to like excite, I guess, but not enough to make me look good in the face. What is it that you like about women's feet? Well, I like toenail polish. And unfortunately, women are the ones that tend to paint their toenails. Mm, (laughs) So far. We'll see. Yeah, I like women's feet. I also like women. So I just like the aspect of liking all of the person who I'm with. Also, I think like there's things that I like doing on others just because I know that they feel good on me. And I'm curious if they'll feel good on that person as well. Totally. Like comparatively, I think I like people liking my feet more than I like looking at women's feet. But I also have not had a woman in my life that I'm consistently, you know, having relations with where I'm like, well, let me see those feet. Yeah, totally. (laughs) Totally. That's cool. Could you ever imagine yourself getting off on giving a partner like a pedicure and like then just like using the time where you have to wait for the toenails to dry to like tease each other in these ways and you can't do anything until the polish is fully dry? Like, is that something that would ever be fun for you? I'm pretty sexual, so I can find a way to enjoy that. Anything is possible. (laughs) But like when I think about that, it would turn me on more for like the caring part. Mm. Most of my partners have been black or brown folks. I've had a lot of partners with locks. I've always like retwisting their hair. And I don't know, that seems like such a deep emotional thing for me. Like, I don't know. I like caring for people. So I think it would turn me on because I was caring for them and it was their feet, but not like, oh my God, their feet, like love it. Also, I'm hearing some like acts of service vibes in there. Mm -hmm. Like if they were into it, I am that way. Like any fantasy for me is a possibility. So I want to pick the fantasy that like would please the person that I'm with in that moment. Exactly. So when did you start discovering that you were pansexual? When did you start realizing that your attraction levels went all over? 
I remember my mom like always being gay like there was never like her and a guy or whatever so growing up most of my mom's friends were also gay because my mom was a baller like she played basketball and a lot of the women around her were gay women who played basketball yes. and my sister is gay so I was of the mindset that like everyone liked girls because you know like my dad liked girls and my mom likes girls and girls are just so much fun that was the mindset so I had like my first little like girlfriend I don't know how old I was maybe like eight because she was my mom's teammate's daughter. So when my mom was playing basketball, like her and I would be like running around, you know, getting into stuff. Unfortunately, I fell off on women during middle school and high school. I don't know. I feel like since like heterosexual relationships are so pushed on us, it always seemed like girls weren't as comfortable like showing their affection or showing that they like me. So like they might have liked me and just kept it to themselves or never like actually said it. And I'm definitely someone like, I need you to say it. Like I'm not going to do the lean in and kiss and hope you kiss me back. Like, no, no, no. I like consensual things. Cause like, if you don't like it, I will feel so bad. And Jamie. So I feel like because of that, that never happened. However, my freshman year of high school, there was this girl who I liked oh so much. And she ended up like telling me she liked me and that she wanted to be with me. But I had a boyfriend at the time. What about in your adult years? Have you gotten back into women things or is it something that's on your mind? Tying back into when I initially said that my sex life is kind of confusing, I am questioning if I am like emotionally attracted to men. Like I feel like it's just more of a sexual thing at this point. I've always been very much into women, but it's very difficult with me and women. And I feel like it's because I don't have internalized homophobia towards myself, Mm -hmm. at least to my knowledge, because I just grew up with a lot of gay women. Like there wasn't really me having to come out or anything. I was always like very open about who I liked and I liked everybody. So I think that's hard to find like people my age that they don't have internalized homophobia. So that's difficult. Also, older women are not interested in me. No, like yet. Not yet. Maybe when I get older. I don't know. (laughs) How much older are we talking, by the way? I think the oldest woman who has been interested in me was 27, Hmm. right? And that doesn't seem very old to me just because most of my friends are around my age. Like I have almost no friends that are my age. And then comparatively, like to my interest in men, I've actually had very few men that were my age. Like they were always older because I really am not interested in men my age. When I was like more so focused on men, it was very easy and like whatever to have interactions with older men and then not having interactions with older women where I'm like, please. With my sex life now is like that desire to have more relationships with women. So my mom isn't the most feminine woman or her version of femininity is different than what America portrays, right? And so since that was my example of femininity, I am not the most feminine by American standards. Like I dress feminine, but like how I like carry myself and, you know, speech habits or physical habits or whatever are more masculine. And so I think that throws people off too, especially since I don't dress masculine. What if you're just the wave of the future? It's becoming increasingly normal, I think, in our society to be queer. So what if we just have to be like the pioneers that are like, no, nobody ever got mad at me for liking ladies. I don't know. It's great. I love you. Let me show you how easy it can be. Yeah. Let's go into fantasy land and see if we can manifest some stuff. How would you like your relationships to unfold going forward sexually, romantically, like whatever? I hear that there are people swirling around your life right now. Do you want to keep a lot of people? Do you want it to go into one person? (laughs) Not so much because we've talked about polyamory, but what are your kind of like fantasy ideas there right now? 
So since I'm in like this new point of my life where I feel like I am going to be here for a while, I'm definitely open to a relationship now, preferably with a woman or a female-bodied person. But I'm really just open to what I find. I'm definitely someone who I'm not going to force anything. So I know the type of person that I need to be in my life. And I'm not just going to be like, oh, well, you're fine. Like, we can go along. But yeah, in a perfect world, I'd be dating a woman who plays volleyball. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Or just a taller woman in general. I don't know if I'm like hardcore polyam or like it really depends on the person. But I'm definitely open to having threesomes together or going to sex parties, anything like that. Or if we meet someone and we do like them, maybe like expanding our relationship. But I think that's very tricky. Like I've tried to have those interactions with a few couples and those are harder to navigate. So we'll see. As a third or as a couple? As a third. Do you want to tell us a little bit about your group sex experiences? Yeah. Okay. So my first experience was like two men and that was not fun. I hate it. I hate to say it. Tell us why. Tell us why. I don't know. They were acting like, oh, I don't want your leg to touch my leg because that's gay. Like, can we please? Oh. And so, you know, you can sense that when people are holding back or they're not relaxing. And I'm like, you know, like, first of all, if y'all did something gay, that's not, I don't care. It reminds me of like being a little kid and being like, I can't step on the hot lava and like jumping from yeah. pillow to pillow on the ground. <laughs> like, Yeah, it feels very like, why are we here? Yeah. <laughs> you knew that they were going to be here. So yeah, I felt like that was the energy. Also, like, I don't know. I like that raw energy, like be intense. <laughs> totally. And I feel like that was not the case. Like it was literally like a, this is technically how it can happen. So here we are. Got it. How did that come about, by the way? Like, how did you meet them? How did you end up there? I was... A horny fool. As all the stories start, literally every story. Me too. I'm horny and curious. What can I do? <laughs> so yeah, I was like looking for a dynamic like that at the time. And like in my mind, I wanted the people to like have known each other. I have done this before just because I thought that would make them more comfortable. And I guess that didn't make them more comfortable. Not in that case. I feel like that was a good metric, but I think you just got unlucky. In general, if I do find myself in a situation like that I would like them to both know each other or both be attracted to men or just comfortable enough to get through without being like oh ew don't touch me like totally yeah so that was my first one and then ooh, my second one I had at dad's way too many stories about dad's it's a swingers club oh where is it oh that's in San Diego that's is amazing oh my gosh so many good memories there but that one wasn't the best <laughs> So it was my first time going and my friend had took me. Someone was like, she had been talking to someone and they wanted to have sex with her. And then she was like, oh, well, do you want to come? I don't know why she asked me if I wanted to come. I guess she assumed that I didn't want to be there by myself while she was like off in a different room or something. And then the dude was interested in me too. And he wasn't half bad. We were like doing stuff. And then I'm noticing that a lot of his attention is focused on me. Are you at fads now? Like, is it a place where sex yes. can happen? Okay. And you're in a private room? Yes. So like that's it's literally a house. There's a stripper pole in the living room and then people can like socialize there. You can also have sex anywhere in the house. But then on top of that, there's private rooms okay. so that you can, you know, have some privacy or there's rooms that have windows, but you can't get in like unless the door is unlocked or whatever. So like people can watch if you want or whatever. Right. So we were in a room where no one was watching. It was just us. So it was me, her and then the guy. And I noticed that he was just having way too much attention on me where I was like, okay, like I'm trying to, you know, even things out, but it was just not working. And it was very frustrating because I felt like I had to delegate and be like, okay, now you go to her. Also, like, 
I was not attracted to her. So I wasn't really like trying to go down on her or anything. I was like, I'm cool. Like we can both have sex with him. Like that just wasn't the relationship I had with her. And so then I guess he ended up running out of condoms. So he went to go get more. So he like left the room and then she was like, oh, like, are you okay? And I was like, yeah, I'm okay. And she was like, oh, are you tired? And I was like, no. She's like, why don't you go get water? And I got kicked out of the threesome. Whoa. Oh. But I wasn't really tripping on it because I was not having fun. Yeah. Well, it also sounds like maybe your intuition was right and you were receiving a little too much attention from him. Like that's up to a couple to kind of like balance their own energy and their desire there. And then my last threesome was amazing. I was actually dating this couple. But yeah, I was on shrooms with her. The guy was not on shrooms because of his job. But we just like started messing around. And it was just so intense. Like, I don't know if you've taken shrooms. Only twice. Once was really weird because my friend like 30 minutes after taking it and they kick in like 45 minutes, whatever. He was like, I love you. I was in a long, dark tunnel in my mind for that one. The second time I was just with a couple of friends who I used to hook up with and they're a couple and we were just being silly and fun that night. We didn't end up like doing anything, but I just kept feeling all the feelings at once and was like stuck and laughing and crying, but like in the joy of all of it and everything was so sparkly. So it's hard for me to imagine having sex on that. But like, what was it like for you? Yeah, it was really fun. So we like were not having sex yet. Like we had never had sex before. And we actually had just like gotten like the result back for like STD testing because that's what we were waiting on. Hot, responsible and hot. Ooh, Ooh. safe sex. (laughs) You know, we were all sitting there and I think, oh, we had made this like horrible idea where we had like hookah and she put hookah and weed in the hookah thing. Oh, shit. But that gets you so high, like so aggressively. So I was just smacked in like every direction. And so then all of a sudden, like I felt like the air just really like changed in the room. And it was the most sexual, intense, like raw energy shit ever. Like that was definitely an in sync moment. But yeah, so we started making out everything. I was unfortunately on my period and I just was not comfortable starting it off like that. Totally, totally. When I'm hooking up with someone for the first time, I like to not be on my period unless we're just like making out and doing stuff. But like, I don't I want to not have to worry about sheets or messiness or just anything the first time I'm fucking someone like I just don't want to have to think about it. Yeah, I promise you I will not be present if that's what's happening. Yeah, so I did not participate vaginally, but I was in the mix. Cool. And it was just like really fun. And I felt like people's inhibitions were away because, all right, so I am super into like fingering guys. And I had actually had conversations with a guy like, hey, like, are you interested in this? And he was like, I would never. Uh, uh, right. Uh. Right. And I was like, okay, whatever. <laughs> so me and her were both giving him head at the same time. And I was like rubbing his balls and he kept like pushing my hair down further. And I was like, okay, well, I'm not going to do anything. Like you need to literally like, you need to tell me. And so I was like, oh, are you trying to like have me stick my finger up your butt? And he was like, yes. Oh, it was so exciting. <laughs> we were in the dark and I was sitting there like smiling like the whole, whole time. Amazing. <laughs> Yeah. And then there was a point of time during that session where he had me like pinned down, but my head was in his lap. And then she was like rubbing my pussy and then he was rubbing my pussy too. And it was just so, so intense. Wow. So it was very amazing. Like, first of all, having all the attention because I've never really been one for that. And two people, like it was a lot, but it was very fun. Oh, that is amazing. Oh, I'm excited for your next group sexes to come. 
So what is that like? Like you can just show up? Okay, so I mostly went as a single woman. So like I didn't have all the scenarios that other people have because, you know, a lot of events, that's what they want. They want a lot of single women, right? But I know that like couples had to pay and single men, but single women didn't have to pay. Men were naked and then women had lingerie. Like they didn't have to wear lingerie. They could be naked if they wanted. There was no phones. Like you have to put your phones in the locker, which I loved because I went to a different one. I don't know if you've heard of it. It's called House of Black. I haven't. Okay, well, I went to an event there and you didn't have to put your phone away. And I was like, what? I hated that party. That was a horrible party. So I think that's kind of it. Like, it's a house. You could do whatever you want in the house. Oh, and they also had a pool and a jacuzzi. And then they had like a different building in the back. And that was like a BDSM room. Oh, my gosh. I need to go on a road trip. (laughs) Oh, my God. You should. You should go. It's so much fun. Yeah. And they had like a huge cross in there and they had like some type of thing that you can like lay on and then get whipped. And then they also had like chains attached to people's beds and stuff. So you were at one point a little bit kinky. Are you still? What are you exploring? Oh, my gosh. I had a lot of fun on that cross. So I never went on the cross personally because I don't know, that just felt like a lot. But I probably whipped like four or five men on that cross. And then three women. Most of those happened in one night. The last time I went was like a crazy night. But yeah, I met an Instagram friend there that I always wanted to like meet in person. And they ended up whipping me on like the little like sit down thing. So that was cool. That was a cool experience because I didn't think I would ever like be comfortable being whipped there, but I was. So yay. Okay. What kind of implement was it? Was it like a single tail whip is pretty intense. Was it like a floggy? Like did it have tassels? They brought the works. They had their bag. Okay. They brought the duffel bag. Wow. <laughs> I received the one that had the tassels. Okay. So like a flogger. Was it like a thicker one or like skinnier? Thicker. They did that on me and then they used a writing prop on me. And then I think they used something that was braided. Like it had like a heavier feel to it. So that was really fun. I think they're like very experienced too. So like that was really nice. I think that's what made me feel like comfortable enough to do it because a lot of people are just like fucking around and I'm like, "Mm, no. But yeah, I really, really like pain. It was very interesting actually because I had whipped this guy and then my friend that I had came with and then another woman. And then the person that whipped me, they had just gotten done doing my friend. And it was very interesting like seeing the differences because I've always thought that I could handle pain, but you know, it wasn't like I was extreme, but it turns out I'm kind of extreme. Wow. But yeah, it was really fun. I felt so peaceful after. It was kind of surprising. Yeah, I've never felt that much peace. You know, if I am warmed up properly with the right amount of like little stimulations and they can happen in a number of different ways and then increased and increased and increased, it is the best endorphin rush in the whole wide world. And I just can't wait for more. And I have not had that since October and it's been a while, but that just means it's edging until the next time. Yes. So how was it for you being also in control? I loved it. That's actually what had me thinking about like tapping into my more dominant side because I feel like a lot of my experiences as a sub would make me a better dom. Oh, yeah. A lot of doms, I've read this in books, but also spoken with people is a lot of doms started out being submissive. And for me, it feels like completely different territories in my brain. Like, I guess I could kind of like pull up everything I've experienced as a sub and then like translate that into domhood. But I'm such a submissive that I like to just like keep it totally separate for myself. I don't know if that makes any sense. No, I get it. Yeah. So that was really enjoyable. It was also very interesting having an audience because there wasn't a lot of people in that room, but then a whole bunch of pretty black girls went into the back. So, you know, everyone came. Yeah. 
like I felt like I was very like focused on what I was doing and then I looked up and I was like oh my god like there's other people in here yeah so like that was very enjoyable it also made me feel like not the same calm but a similar calm as like receiving impact play so yeah is that a side of yourself that you want to develop more either on the dominant or submissive side like do you want to get more into switchiness I feel like my existence is a switch. I definitely go back and forth between feminine and masculine traits or whatever, but I would definitely love to get more into BDSM. Like, I want to cross so bad. Like, it was just so much fun. And like, out of the sounds and everything, like, it was just very much enjoyable. What else would you like to explore in your sex life going forward? Women. (laughs) Women. Absolutely. I feel like I haven't had as much sex with women as I would like to. And the times I've had, it's been really fun and enjoyable. So I think it would be really fun to be in a non-monogamous relationship with a woman and like have threesomes or, you know, do events, just have fun. Really, like I want a partner in crime. (laughs) So yeah, I think that is like my goal. I'm also looking to have more partners that are more creative. Like that is something that has stood out to me in the last like you know 365 days is like I feel like a lot of the partners like I was the one that was always being creative and like offering new scenarios new ideas or whatever and I want someone to do that to me too like I want to be surprised I want to be challenged like something (laughs) so more creativity in my sex life fuck yes are there any toys or anything that you love that you have that we haven't talked about yet or that you want to have in your future I want a pussy pump so Bad. Oh my gosh. There's a creator. I forgot their name, but she makes content with whoever and she uses a pussy pump and it is so hot. Like, oh my gosh. So I definitely want one of those. That's actually probably going to happen like within this month. All right. Well, let's go get pussy pumps and then like reconvene and talk about it. <laughs> I want to do like a double penetration. I know that that's not like it can be a toy thing, but I don't want it to be a toy thing. I practice with my dildos. That just seems like so much, so much. It's a lot, but it's also because I'm controlling it. You know, I do one at a time and I'm building trust with myself and I can see kind of just like what it actually feels like. You know, there's only so many angles you can do on your own with dildos stuck to a bathtub, but I'm trying different things. And so, you know, it's different when I'm fully in charge of the motion because the one time that I had a DP with one flesh cock and one strap on cock, I just remember the first moment I was just like, I don't know what's happening anymore. You know, and then I was like coming a few seconds later because I think I was just like so excited and turned on. I'd been edged for a while, you know, which is a very different experience from like controlling things myself. But so in your threesome, you didn't get to do that, I'm guessing, because, yeah, I guess they would have been too close to each other. And they were so awkward. I was like, no, (laughs) I was like, I don't even want this. I am curious, though, like, so when you have done DP, like, do you go vaginally first and then try anally or like? In this instance, this was with my former master and he was the base because like he owned my asshole. So only he was. So I think I was getting fucked vaginally. And then I think he went into my asshole, but I was still kind of like on all fours, but then on top of her. And then I think we ended up sideways. But I think for me... Same with like getting fucked wearing a butt plug. It's easier for me to have the butt plug in and then, you know, you just have the extra filled up feeling when the cock or the toy goes inside. So I definitely in my head, the way I've been planning it and the way that he and I used to dirty talk about it was about like the ass going first and like being the base after you're like warmed up and everything and then adding stuff into the pussy. That's what makes sense to me. 
And I'm a more experienced like butt slut at this point, although it's been a couple months and well, it's been a couple months with a live cock. I'm still using my dildos regularly. <laughs> Otherwise, she'll get too lonely. But that's the method. I. And if anyone else out there has advice for us, uh, let us know. <laughs> <laughs> so lastly, if you could go back in time and give younger you a piece of sex advice, what age or ages would you pick and what would you say? I would pick 10th grade and I would say, let that shame go because I was like super shameful about being like a sexual person because there's so many judgments on women and their sexuality and there's nothing wrong with being a sexual person. Like as long as you're healthy and you take care of yourself and you have those sex talks get tested or whatever, live your life. Fuck yeah. Sonia, thank you for inspiring me today. Thank you so much for being a guest. Thank you for having me. Do you have a sex question for me? So it seems like, you know, you're on the subject of sex a lot and a lot of people are telling you their business and their thoughts or whatever. So how do you like get centered within yourself? I don't know. I feel like it'd be very hard for me to hear other people's things and to look at what I'm doing. And then, you know, how do you move forward being a sexual person yourself? That's a great question. 